Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. What's goody, Hot breath Verse? Welcome back to Hot Breath, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I'm your host, comedian Joel Byers, and our mission here at Hot Breath is to cultivate the next generation of great comics. And we have done that by interviewing over 300 comedians. We've done that by doing so many different events for comics. And something we do every single month in our Hot Breath Pro community is a $100 joke contest. Every single month, we post a secret theme and comics get seven days to write a brand new 90 second set where the winner gets a hundred bucks and an episode on Hot Breath Podcast. So this week's episode is the interview with that winner, Mr. Chris Beasley. So if you want to participate in future contests, if you want to start writing more material, go join Hot Breath Pro because the contest is just one of the many resources and events we have to help you level up your comedy faster. So with that being said, we're going to play Chris's set for you live on the podcast and then bring him on live to interview him about how he was able to write such a tight 90-second set in just seven days. So with that being said, I prepare for you Chris Beasley's winning set. I'm a grown child. Every morning I wake up to the same sound. Snap, crackle, pop. I don't know if it's my breakfast or my back. I'm a man-child. Maturity is sold separately. I know I look like a chocolate snack, but I'm not as good as I look. Turns out, I'm a chocolate snack for keto. I might not have seen you in a while. I'll invite you to my house, make you some food, and then ask you to join my pyramid scheme. Ladies, I'm a trap, I'm sorry. Mm. It's because I learned so much from playing Limbo. The concept of that game is for you to lower the bar, ladies. And then I win because I stoop lower than everybody else. I loved being a kid, like playing house, so whimsical, cooking, baking, dry humping. Joel, I would never try and sleep with your wife, but I might dry hump the hell out of her. What? It's playful. I hate seeing people that get to play as a career, like pro athletes or those prank video people, uh, the police. <laughs> it's a taser, <laughs> gotcha. I feel like they're playing games. Bop it, twist it, choke it, kill it, resuscitate, ooh, too slow. That joke was too real. I had a real job once. I got fired because apparently you can't ask the boss to have a slumber party. I'm always just looking for a sugar mama. I did hear Bill Gates got a divorce. Ooh, maybe Mrs. Gates will play house with me. Ooh, no, we could play mansion. We could play estate. We could play island. Maybe I should stick to playing house. Oh, snap. All right. That is the set, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show, Mr. Chris Beasley, everyone. Let's show him some love here. What's goody, Chris? What's good? <laughs> what's what's popping over there? Man, nothing much. It's early in the Bay. <laughs> early in the Bay. Oh, yes, here on the West Coast. So it's like, what is it, like uh, eight, 745 there? Yes, sir. My God. Not early to get with my hot breath brethren. My guy. Well, I appreciate you pulling up, man. This was such a, a dope um, set, despite my wife's reference. And I'm telling you, dude, like, she she was like, 
you weren't in the finals, but I was like, look, look at the set overall. The set overall is hilarious, uh, despite him, you know, trying to holla at you. So, um, yeah. even the other finalists, like Tom was saying, great job, and Christopher as well. So yeah, I mean, this was where do where do you, where do you start here, Chris? Well, first off, like tell us a little like what's your comedy background, your comedy experience? Give us a little context for Chris here. Yeah, so um, I've been in comedy for about a year and a half, stand up. I started with improv, but um, just started in the Dallas scene and then moved out to the Bay with my wife and um, just been grinding. I love studying, so I, I take it. I take comedy from a student perspective. So I'm reading books, studying, watching podcasts, hot breath, right? And just growing and learning. And so um, that's what I've been doing and then just applying what I learned and getting up as much as possible. So where do, where do you start with this set? So the theme is playful. Uh, so what, what's your process? You see the theme and then now what? Yeah, so um, I write first kind of just um, from the aspect of honesty, like playful, what is the first thing that comes to my mind? And I'm a really playful person in general. The man-child stuff is very on point. Um, I'm a trophy husband just like you. (laughs) I just go into that mode thinking of life as a kid. And basically, Mm -hmm. it's the same life I have now. But (laughs) I'm an adult. (laughs) So just writing from that. And um, I I do the write every day and just generate and type in whatever I can. And so this one came up with, like, probably just like the other comedians did, is, you know, listing what is childlike? What is adulthood? Is kind of what I did and played with those in between. Yeah. So you started from like a personal place, like playful made you think of you're a playful adult, you're a grown man child, and you kind of built it from there. Yeah, definitely. What it, What is your favorite joke of this set? Oh, man. I love the cop jokes. Uh, no offense. <laughs> <I've>, uh... <laughs> that was a- the cops in the family no no shots to y'all but it's just you know your co no shots to up. y'all what a funny way to say that yeah <laughs> no shots to y'all cops out there but uh, that joke really is my favorite typically when i've done it on stage it gets people listening even more intently um and then the 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 dry humping joke normally in a real set i get to build trust with the audience before that hits and i typically do that with like a couple that's sitting there that i've already gotten to know so that they don't feel attacked with that mm-hmm. joke because it's, it's pretty outlandish um but yeah oh and uh bobby said are those real glasses or just i look smart frames these are cops don't shoot me frames <laughs> <laughs> i'm a nice guy trust me i'm a nice guy no the the limbo analogy was hilarious i really enjoyed that one that was that was such a fun one to just see how you work through that one yeah, uh, yeah, that so the limbo and the bop it joke um, and the cereal joke all came from the list of I just was writing. I have um, like I think it was Chris CJ did a four hundred one k joke. I had yeah. that in the list. It was just a bunch of things. So my four hundred one k joke had to do with Jenga because it just falls apart. Um, just a bunch of different connections to childlike stuff and just going with that. Um, but the limbo joke is too real because I I should be a better. Uh, a better significant other i'll do better baby (laughs) yeah we're like on here doing like silly joke contests at 7 a.m i'll do better i promise after this after this but i want a hundred dollars babe come on i know we out here exactly (laughs) yeah that's a good note though bobby said about building trust with the audience before dry humping them yeah that's good definitely definitely (laughs) 
So how do you how did you organize this set? How did, how did you because it it opens tight, which is always something we look for in this contest. Is like how quick are they getting to a laugh? Are they closing with a laugh? And how consistent are the laughs? Because in ninety seconds, I mean, you got it. You got to get to it. You know. So you have all these ideas. How do you start to organize it into a set? Yeah. So ninety seconds is is not that long at all. And uh, I I shared with the hot breath that I got booked off of the set. So I have a, a full five minutes from it, and it was really hard to condense it. Because for me, I I know kind of my, uh, what is it, your character or my, um, like, comic, comedy show, like your sitcom. Your persona. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I try and wrap the sitcom persona around I am a man-child. And so I have to open with that so you know me. And then I build that trust with some uh, gentle jokes as I move into more of my hard-hitting content, <laughs> uh, which I always <laughs> hard-hitting do. Hard-hitting so. content. Hard-humping hot content, I believe. Yes. <laughs> And I, I feel like um, I always will go to two things pretty consistently, um, women and like life being black. It, it's always going to get back there, but you mm-hmm. can't start with something that heavy. Um, and so I always start with the playful stuff up at the top and then get into it. And I, I had a Jeffrey Epstein joke in there that if you're listening to the podcast, you weren't able to see. Um, but one of the podcasts I listened to is Michael uh, is Keegan Michael Key's podcast on Audible where he breaks down comedy over history, time, and generations. Whoa. And um, it's, a, it's a phenomenal podcast, but you have to have Audible. Um, but he even drops, like, breaking the rules. And what shouldn't you do? Yeah, do that. And so the humping joke and the uh, Jeffrey Epstein jokes are me doing what I shouldn't be able to do. Uh-huh. And I go for that, too, sometimes. Oh, yeah, I haven't heard of that podcast. I'll have to check that out. It's a good one. And... Uh, um, Another thing about building your persona, um, Brent Forrester is a writer. He wrote for um, King of the Hill, The Simpsons, and he has a lot of really good content out. And I've been eating up his content. And so he talks about building a character from like the core character point of view, because that's what you have to do for writing for Homer, for writing for um, everyone on King of the Hill. You need to know your character's point of view. So he breaks that down really well. So I use that to just create my world or my sitcom and then bring all the conflict in Brent Forrester. Yeah. He's a boss. Oh snap. I have to check him out. Yeah. We've had, um, like in hot breath pro, we've had several like comedy authors come in. We'll have to reach out to Brent. Cause we had, um, Steven Rosenfeld or Rosenfield on who he wrote yeah. a book on finding your comedic character as well. That's really well known, but it's always good to keep learning. Cause that's something, I, I'm still working to like refine and find of like what is my point of view, what is the character that I'm writing through. It's it's so crazy to see the the like the the level of conversations that happen in Hot Breath. Dude, like when I started, like it was not it was go to an open mic until you hate yourself mm, and then yeah. keep going. And then eventually if you hit your head against the wall enough, you'll get concussed and delusioned into finding it's a path. Nice. I'm telling you, dude, like that's what it was. And to see just in the past year here in hot breath, like the level of perspectives people are coming in with of like, well, what is my comedic character? And then you start to write material centered around that and not spending eight years trying to figure out why this booker hates me, even though they don't even know yeah. your name and you never reach out to them to get booked. They still hate you. And it's a conspiracy. Like it's, it's so cool just to hear you say that so early in the game. Um, and even as someone, me, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm working on that currently. It's something I hadn't really even given serious thought to. 
really until getting to like interview all these great comedy authors and like this is that's at the root of comedy writing you know yeah definitely and brent breaks it down just from the tv show aspect so it's not stand-up related which is you know you got to kind of pull from all aspects of comedy because it's it's all we're all doing the same thing just in different mm -hmm. mediums and so yeah the persona thing has helped me get to the trust and the audience knowing me so i don't have to I don't have to talk about it anymore. I can just now do all my jokes from whatever my perspective is. Yeah, and you like established it at the beginning. Like you say, basically, I'm a man child. And then that, all right, establishing, here's your persona. Now everything you say is being filtered through that. Yeah, so when I complain about the police, it's not complaining like everyone else is. It's like, no, they're playing games. I want, like, <laughs> why do they get to play? I want that job if I'm going to get to just... <laughs> dick yeah. around all day and <laughs> yeah, hurt yeah. people oh like that's awesome and that was such a great misdirect was was prank video your first setup or did you have to go through a few so that one happened to be my first setup um i did it an, originally in threes and then i realized it took too long to get to um police because i uh dude perfect is another group i really do i, I love them and hate them because their job is just they're just doing trick shots. And so it's, this came from a real frustration that I have a job and that <laughs> I would love to just be playing and doing that and doing videos online. And so then it just came. That's honestly, it was the first right though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good note. You're saying all of your writing really came from a personal place and whether that is like your interpretation of playful or like a frustration you have, like there's a personal connection to everything you're writing. Definitely, yeah, 100%. Oh yeah, and uh, CJ said that's awesome. Yeah, that that that's is awesome. Yeah, I mean, this, this, yeah, keep going. Let it rip. Uh, well, yeah, I think um, once you. So I I will also say I'm older, or I started comedy later in the game, which makes it difficult sometimes. But I will say I'm also very hyper focused on my personality as a person. So like I've done Myers Briggs testing, I've done the Big Five testing, I've done all these personality tests so that I can distill who I am like up front and so there's the benefit of one knowing what you look like is beneficial but also knowing like how you view the world and um, understanding that has helped me a ton because then I can hear that and write it clearly like put that down this is what I actually see when I'm interacting with people oh snap so what's the, what's you said the Myers-Briggs and then the top five you said this so the big five it breaks you down on like um, openness. Um, so one of the things that I don't have is um, conscientiousness, which means like your ability to be organized, focused, right? Preach, I, preach. I score really low on that. So uh -huh. that tells me anything in that world, I'm going to be really bad at more so than the average person. So I can talk to that perspective. Like that's who I am. I struggle with things that other people would seem normal. And so um, the other one is agreeableness. I'm super agreeable. So yeah, pyramid schemes, I've been, I've sat down in a meeting at a friend's house being like, yo, I'm just so glad you had me over. Like, golly, this is great. And then they signed me up for something. I'm like, oh, I, I just want to hang out, dude. Like, what is this? <laughs> I thought we were friends. What is this? <laughs> so yeah, it just all comes from those real, those real experiences. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that's awesome, dude. It was such, such a good, fun, tight set. I really, I mean, it got, you know, I, I had to, I had to vouch for you after the, the wife thing. You really, you really went for it there, but <laughs> you saved it by saying the theme as well. You said playful, like it. Yeah. You really, that really sealed it for me when you actually used the theme in the punchline. I was like, all right, all right, all right, well, the last yeah. line, Chris, all right. And I, I got to do that on stage a couple times, 
to where I could trust it, um, where I would say that to a, fa- a couple sitting right in front of me. But mm. when I say playful, they're like, uh, like, okay, that's, that is funny. Oh yeah. And, uh, Evelyn liked the Myers Briggs idea. Uh, yeah, I do. I do too. I like that as well. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and just knowing yourself, right. And then getting that across in 15 seconds or something is really hard. That's a hard thing to do, but the more tools you have to know yourself is how you get there faster. And CJ said the big five is legit openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Oh yeah. And I'm low on neuroticism, but so many comedians are so good from that, that frantic uh, point of view. And Farley said, this is killer. Thank you. Yeah. You dropping sauce here. (laughs) I'm a teacher. So it's like, it's part of my life. Like I have to do this all the time. (laughs) That's what's up, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you even like dropping that sauce on us. That's definitely something I want to dive deeper into as well. Uh, Is there, are there any other, any other things you want to, say about the set or any other sauce you have for us here? Um, so I, I think Hot Breath is, this is an amazing community, right? I think the world, we all know that we're going to coming together, like hyper individualism isn't the best way. It's not the best model anymore. Like we need to team up. And so things like this are amazing. Um, I've kind of shared the people I lean on the most, which is Brent Forrester, um, Keegan-Michael Key, and um, then also the joke doctor. He's a boss. One yeah, of the first yeah, people yeah. that I looked up and I read his, um, his ebook, but I, the first mistake I made was I read his ebook cover to cover and then was like, I got this. And it's like, Nope, that's not how it works. <laughs> right. So I actually read one section a, a week and then practice that, that writing technique that whole week. So that mm-hmm. then I have that technique like in my back pocket and then I can write from that point of view more consistently. Yeah. That, that's what I tell people. Like I have an online writing course and it's a bunch of different chapters and it's, I like encourage people just do one a week. Like don't just watch everything and then be like, Oh, I get comedy writing now. Like you, you have to exercise these, like none of these resources work unless you do. So you, you've got to apply them incrementally. It's such a incremental game and incremental process to develop material. But that's how this contest kind of started was, What's a way to really create like pressure makes diamonds. How can we create a pressure filled situation where you have to create something funny in seven days? And there are real stakes that hold you accountable to actually sitting down and creating this material. Yeah. So it's super valuable. And I, I, I gotta thank you, Joel. Cause the, I, I mean, one, the, the word playful plays into my person persona really well, but I don't know if I would have sit down and wrote what I wrote and then been able to take it to this stage that I've been trying to impress for, you know, weeks on end, just showing up with new little five. And then this five, the host was blown away. I also, uh, in Hot Breath Pro, um, I think it was uh, uh, Vishal. Uh, Someone posted that what they do to open up and to just kind of talk and share and connect with the audience. I think Ben Webb actually posted something on this as well. And it was just the click of, oh, the first thing I need to do is engage the audience. So that same set that I just did where I built that trust about dry humping someone's wife. (laughs) (laughs) So I always open, (laughs) I always open with that couple first. Like I peep them out before I get on stage and I open and build relationship with them. And then that joke becomes more spontaneous to everyone. Right. When I pop in to it um, and they enjoy it way more. I don't just yell it out to some random couple. 
Yeah, yeah, that is smart, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know your audience before you berate them. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, well, how could peeps, like, connect with you? And, uh, like, if they have any questions or just want to say, hey, I heard you on Hot Breath. Like, what's yeah, up? How can they um, connect with you? So come through the Hot Breath, obviously, first. Um, secondary, I'm just Chris Beasley. Like, the words, just Chris Beasley on all platforms. Um, and the... Uh, except for Twitter, but I, I, I'm not on Twitter that much. And then I also have a podcast called Imperfect Allies, Ooh. where I, I encourage everyone, it doesn't have to be a comedy podcast. Imperfect Allies is not a comedy podcast. It's a, it's a podcast where I get to just be vulnerable and talk about how I feel about things. And then one, like I take an hour long conversation and eventually it shows up in my set because it's truly how I feel about things. I've got to work it out. I've got to think about it. And then I convert that over into comedy afterwards. So it's, it's cathartic. But my the podcast is just me just having vulnerable conversations with people. And is it every week? Uh, yeah, every week. Uh, we post typically on Wednesdays. And it's about life in general. Yeah. How, how planned out is that? Like, do you have a theme each week? Or like, do you just jump on and kind of are ranting? How do you kind of find your direction? That's a good point. So um, sometimes we'll have guests that we interview. Uh, so I interviewed a guy. He's an Aboriginal from Australia. So his point of view is completely different from Mars, which wow. helps me then see America and see my culture, uh, which is really cool. And so if we have a guest on, then, you know, they're the kind of focus. Then me and my co-host, we sometimes just have something that happened. So I don't know if we're comedians, right? So you might have seen Tony, Tony Hinchcliffe. Uh, mm -hmm. He got into some dirt this week. For so, sure. Uh, Pong Dang is a friend of mine. He's from the Dallas scene. Oh, and yeah. snap. <laughs> it's no. been crazy. So we just got the vent on that. And we we really talk about it because our goal is to have really authentic, vulnerable conversations. So even though Pong is a friend of ours, like there's rules in comedy that we felt, you know, you got to handle a certain way. So we got to really just talk about it and be real. And so that topic just came up because it was on TMZ. It was everywhere. And this is a friend of ours. And, um, and so it's just different topics come up um, and we just talk about the world it's, it's imperfect allies because at the end of the day we all want to befriend everybody but mm -hmm. we're going to be trash at it because we're human beings and yeah, so yeah, yeah yeah we're not the best but i encourage anyone to just drop a podcast that allows them to be themselves authentically and then turn that into content and their persona on stage boom for sure for sure yeah give thought to your podcast don't don't just start and say, I'm going to be Joe Rogan. Or I'm going to do Bill Burr and just ramble. And it's going to be hilarious. Like there's too many podcasts now for you to think you just ranting is going to be enough. Like really give thought before you start a podcast, because it's a lot of work. Been doing six. hot breath six years. It's a lot of work. And there's a reason why the stat is crazy. It's like 80% of podcasts on uh, Apple podcasts are, have less than 10 episodes it's something belligerent mm. like that like because the stat is there's all these podcasts now but most of them aren't even active most people oh, start yeah. and then they don't they end up quitting because it's a full-time job so yeah and i, I can imagine go. joel you're doing hot breath for us but you do it for you too like i i do imperfect allies for me because it's mm -hmm. healing and it helps me and then our audience members enjoy that but i would have quit already if i was doing it for someone else that's just Oh yeah. The truth. <laughs> it's gotta be passion driven. Yeah. It has to be something you care about a lot for sure. Oh, and so yeah, people are, Sandy said this interview is fantastic. Sasha, great interview. Great set. Congrats, Chris. 
Um, Evelyn is over on the West Coast. She said, where are you booked for us Bay Area folks? Uh, so Alameda Comedy Club uh, in Alameda, which is just off of Oakland, off of East Bay. Uh, they just opened up. So the owner, Patrick, is phenomenal. He's trying to grow. Uh, he started a business in 2020. Bad timing. Um, so if you can get over there, support Alameda in any way, because uh, it's a phenomenal club and they're giving opportunities to young comedians. Who are you hosting your pod with? You kept saying we. Oh, yeah. So uh, Richie Lunsford, he's a comedian out of Dallas, Texas. So he was actually my improv instructor. And during 2020, the uh, the George Floyd stuff is so like passionate and impactful to everyone. And I used to do diversity coaching as a teacher and uh, he just reached out to me and we just started talking completely vulnerable because he was coming from a place of complete ignorance. And um, it just turned into this thing where we started understanding humans on a different level, man, which is amazing because we're beautiful people, but it's so hard to see that sometimes. And so uh, Richie is a great guy, phenomenal comedian. And he's on the grind, too. I got to send him to the hot breath. I just uh, so Aaron Sampson is how I got to the hot breath. So shout out to Aaron. Oh, Aaron's um, dope, man. Aaron's all he jumped head first. We did a feedback mic together. He's like, yo, what else you got? He's like, do you have classes? Do you, what what resources do you have here? And he's been head he now in Hot Breath Pro. He hosts his own feedback mic now. Yeah, so he hit the ground man. running in there. I met him at a mic um, not too long ago, and we were bonding off of uh, just the crew that is in of the Bay Area. And um, then I just yeah, I saw him in here. I was like, you know what? Let me let me dive in because I had already listened to some of your podcasts. I, I was pulled over by the Joke Doctor, which I'm sure a lot of us were. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. I had, I was like, this is, this is the community aspect. Cause we kind of talked about this on our last podcast, the perfect allies about punk and just comedians either going at each other or not liking each other. Mm -hmm. And so uh, hot breath is, is where it's at. Everybody needs to get here eventually. Big facts, big facts. <laughs> and Evelyn said she's down the street from, uh, from you over there. So yeah, y'all need, y'all need to link up for sure. For sure. Let's do it. All right. Well, man, this has been dope. This was so much. I, I knew that I was like the dry humping guys coming on. We'll see what happens. I will send your wife flowers. Like, I'm so sorry. Normally I can build trust and it doesn't come off in a 90 second video. Like as arrogant. No, I, 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 I laughed, but you know, you gotta, you know, the boss, you know, or as my, my father-in-law says the warden. That's what my father-in-law yes. said. Yes. I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, he, he, last time I was up there visiting, like my, my mother-in-law pulled up and the dogs were barking. He's like, oh, the warden's home. And I was just like, is that what 40 years of marriage is? <laughs> the warden's home. I wish he was wrong, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's all love, though, for sure. It's all love. Yeah, yeah people said great fight. interview. Oh, I had to fight my wife. Not fight. Sorry, I said that wrong. I had to <laughs> prove to my wife that my comedy had, like, organic truth and love in it because she always hears me going up talking about women and she's like why are you doing that you're a married man it's like i get back to how much i love my wife every time <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah it redeems it yes yeah how yeah how um how do you uh farley said how do you get your rhythm i love your rhythm how do you get that Ooh, that's something i so like i've watched a lot of people they all have different cadences and rhythms um I unfortunately haven't given that part much thought that just I'm I'm way more comfortable with silence on stage than maybe most people but I'm a teacher so like that's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's literally every day um and so just kind of trusting your jokes that you find funny and just 
delivering them with confidence and then waiting and then hopping into the next joke. Um, so my rhythm, I guess, is more organic. And I don't know if people have spoken on that enough. I haven't found any research on rhythm as much. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Good tip. Yeah, it's a lot of repetition, too. You'll start to find usually one. What I found is the more comfortable I am with the material then the more comfortably I can actually deliver it. Like yeah. a lot of the timing comes from just having the jokes down and like believing that they're funny. And then a lot of my delivery will grow from that because 100% bro, this weekend was my first time like on stage in a hot minute. Like I hadn't been mm. on stage in months. And the one time I had been was an outdoor show that went sufficiently. But this mm -hmm. weekend was my, I did, did four shows this weekend. So I'm like, I'm back baby. Wow. But bruh, I like, I did a 10 minute that was killer. And then I was like, Oh, I got comedy. I'm a natural. And then I did a 15. It was quicksand. Like I didn't yeah. bomb, but the time, like the whole time I was scrambling the whole time. I was like, what's next? What's next? Oh, they hate me. Oh my gosh. I'm going to quit comedy. And like, I got off stage. And this was in front of members of Hot Breath. Like, it was at this contest. I was I was a judge of the contest. Oh, wow. And I was closing it out while they were um, calculating the voting, which I also then learned. That's when they were dropping the checks. So everyone was also distracted by paying their checks and realizing how much money they spent. That's so real. all those factors went into me not being on stage as well in a long time. So it's, it's a different ballgame up there. But definitely Hot Breath has helped me stay, like, consistent at writing and being mindful of my comedy so i hit the ground running but it it was a it was a jog i won't say it was yeah. a run but it was good good start though i'm excited to be back i will tell like any comedian especially when we're young like 15 minutes is nothing to play with that's a long time I, <laughs> that's a long time so you got to take your time build that five grow it to six grow it to oh, seven yeah. <laughs> like 15 i it's, it's just tough i was talking to a comedian not too long ago just when you get there and you're not confident in the joke man, the audience just knows and it, it comes off in so many different ways. So there, it's so much healthier it's to just say a bad joke and just sit and expect people to laugh. And that builds more confidence and rhythm over time. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing I saw go was my timing. Like I was rushing to everything. I had these filler words. Like if you're not confident in the punchline, oh, yeah. you'll like say the punch and then be like, am I like you say these filler words. You don't even realize you're doing until you listen back to it. And I was like, oh, I was stepping on all these punchlines out of nerves of not being confident yeah. in what I was saying, you know. And I, w I was doing older material. I was having to remember it. Like, it was – I was, like, building a – like, a parachute as I was falling out of the plane. Um, but, yeah. 100%. It was, oh, it was good to be back, though. I got the fix. I was, like, fiending. I was like, is there a 3 a.m. show somewhere I can <laughs> hit up? Let me help on this. <laughs> Guest yeah. spots? Guest spots? Come yeah. on. <laughs> This just happened up. to be at a club in front of the owner. So it was fine. Oh, Everything man. was, was fine. Was this for a uh, World Series? This is for World this Series. Yeah, yeah. But I was the judge. So I was like not even in the contest. They're like, here comes your judge. And these comments are like, what the? I mean, it wasn't bad. Like listening back, it wasn't that bad. But like when you're up there in it and you're feeling yeah. it and they're not. And you have a critical eye. You're yeah, exactly. Attention. Yeah. But the thing Alonzo Bowden said on the pod was like, if you're afraid to say it, they're afraid to hear it. And that's so facts. True. And you can feel yourself when your jokes are missing. It may be just in the confidence that you're saying it in. And like every time one misses, you get a little bit less confident and you feel yourself sinking a little bit. It all comes down to like, yeah, if you're afraid to say and it, they're afraid to hear it. I will say too, like at the beginning, you're writing things that you want to be funny or that you, you believe are funny that aren't as true to you. 
and man, you can't you can't deliver those to the same ability. I I forgot yep. where I heard this, but they um, it was on a podcast somewhere. But they said people aren't laughing because the joke is funny. They're laughing because it's funny when you say it. And so it's like it, every comedian has their own truth. And so when that comedian says the joke, it's funnier versus just a joke that anyone can say. And so sometimes we might be writing jokes that we don't trust enough. And that's why it's not hitting where we, you have to come back to that personal truth. So then the joke just takes off, like mm-hmm. does so much better. Yeah. Carlos Miller said that on um, Hot Breath for sure. The Sensei was saying those types of things. We have a, we've been posting daily comedy tips on our YouTube of all of our interviews. And we posted one of him dropping that that dime of like, it's like how you say it, it's you saying it. And like, he's like, put a highlighter on yourself of like all your biggest strengths and what people like about you most, and then create your material with that in mind. Like, yes, it's, yeah, but you got to do it. Yeah, I mean, you have 100%. to actually, you have to, have to put in the work. So I, man, this was so much better than I thought it would be. You know, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. You showed up in glasses. I was like, what's happening right now? Am I getting audited? Is this what's, what's happening? But then um, my wife put these on me, just to be honest. My wife was like, here, you look better. It's early. You need to be, <laughs> this is going to the world. <laughs> It's a big, this is big. This is the hot breath of us now. You know, there's no, so no small feet here. <laughs> so I, I appreciate you, Chris. I'm so excited to connect with you and um, be on this journey together, my friend. Definitely, Joel. You're, you built something amazing. Keep it up. Love everybody in hot breath. Let's just keep growing, baby. Let's keep hey, doing it. Let's See do you it. See next month. Yeah. And if, if you guys want to be a part of next month's contest, all you got to do is go join Hot Breath Pro, where you'll get this contest and you'll get to connect with comics like Chris and so many others and just get, level up your comedy. It's really the the resource I wish existed when I started 11 years ago. It would have saved me. Honestly, I would say it would have saved me eight years of trial and error, of just trying to figure it out myself, of just, oh, I'll get to it eventually. It would have saved me so much time and depression and crying and doubt. And uh, <laughs> so um, if, if you want to level up your comedy, the Hot Breath Pro is the best way to do that. So I hope to see you in there. And Chris, I'll definitely see you in there, man. This has been so dope. Uh, that'll The link to that as well, link to Hot Breath Pro and Chris will be in the show notes of this. So definitely reach out to Chris on social media and let him know how helpful this was. And uh, Chris, man, it's been real. Do you, is there anything else you want to land the plane with? Oh, man, just love y'all. Love yourself. Keep going. Um, make sure you get up so you can be cathartic on stage and just live your best life, baby. Let's keep going. All righty, Hot breath Diverse. We will see you next Monday right here on Hot Breath. <gasps> Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.